Hi, uh, this is Malcolm Bevel. Um, for some of the viewers that may know or who may not know, I've been a humble guest on Silver Cloud, on Johnny's uh, podcast before. And the message I wanted to leave was in regards to Delta, Delta Airlines and some of the racism that they've been perpetuating against uh, black femme doctors. Uh, first off, uh, I'd like to say that I know of Dr. Tamika Cross uh, pretty well. We went to Mary Medical College where she got her MD, I got my master's. And uh, her story is one of many that black women face in, in the professional field. So just know that it's a microcosm of what goes on in America. So when people think that we just make up these stories just willy nilly, that is not the case. We are often thought of as less than other people for the color of our skin, that we can't be doctors, we can't be researchers, we can't be this, we can't be that, when some of the best and brightest minds uh, on American soil alone, much less internationally, have come from black people. And that is fact. That is not anecdotal, that is 100% fact. The other thing that I wanted to say about the Delta Airlines situation is, it's one thing to be apologetic and, and profusely apologetic, but it's another thing when you basically say that the story that Dr. Cross and others are giving are not the same as yours. Be honest about the bigotry that was perpetuated by your stewardesses. Uh, in the case of Dr. Cross, uh, she was already profiled before any credentials were asked, but Delta Airlines in an apology post on Facebook said that that wasn't the case, or at least implied it. Uh, Delta Airlines, you should be ashamed of what you've done in terms of your apology. Uh, I do personally not accept your I personally do not accept your apology. And uh, until you learn how to hold yourselves accountable for the racism that was perpetuated in the skies, I will not be spending a penny with Delta Airlines on the ground or elsewhere. Um, so that's my stance on that. Uh, Dr. Tamika Cross, uh, we love you. Uh, keep your head up as always like I know you will to all uh, black professionals out there and all black people keep your head up we know that we've been disparaged but we still we will still rise above all the mess that occurs to us in this country uh, peace and blessings This is the Soul Brother and one of a kind speaking, uh, Johnny Silvercloud, right beside the Vicious Abolino. I'm the Vicious Abolitionist, and we have uh, the Cinnamon Sophisticate, Rachel Rivera back in town, <laughs> podcast, and um, damn, I, I, don't have, I don't have a nickname for I you. I don't have too. a name. I, I mean, I, I was thinking the, you know, it was like the Savage Socialite. I don't know. Savage socialite. I like it. That's what one of my friends called me. So that that wasn't something I came up with myself. So yeah, that actually I, I like that one. That's what it'll be. That's that's what it's going to be. Like Savage yeah. socialite. Thank I you. love the alliteration too. No rhyming or alliteration that works for me. Well, <laughs> today we are joined on Afro on this Afro Sapio Foul podcast to talk about. Um, what it means to be a black professional, you know, black professionaling while black, so to speak. In uh, recent in current events, we have this woman named uh, Tamika Cross, Dr. Tamika Cross. She was on Delta Airlines when a person needed medical assistance 
No, she stepped on someone. Uh, the stewardess asked, asked, asked the crew, asked the, uh, the ticket holders on the plane, uh, is there a doctor on, on, on the plane? She raised her hand and then the, the, the stewardess was like, now, now, sweetie, we don't need, no, no, we actually need a doctor, not, not just like that, you know, and honestly, this is not the, and of course, uh, when, when, when Dr. Cross attempted to inform the, the airline, the Delta Airlines personnel that, hey, I'm a doctor. They began to interrogate her, which is something that they don't normally do with um, white people, mm. stuff like that. Like, right, where do you work? Um, what hospital do you work work at? Like, like Where's a random crazy? black, any random black person will infinitely lie about their about their credentials. Like, we love to pretend we're doctors or something. Just well, you know, there's hey. that there one dude that I mean, <laughs> he's been caught like five fucking times. They're like, "Look, you cannot play doctor any motherfucking more." <laughs> he's just like, "I don't understand why." He's like, "But why can't I be Doc McStuffins?" So we got that one. I can understand the skepticism because of that one motherfucker. Can I say um, something though? Yeah, boys go ahead. Be boys. Yeah, um, you're talking about, okay, so for, for those who don't know, um, you know, our ladies here, they're talking about uh, who I call Pookie Hauser, MD. He's just like very young. <laughs> He's though. Sorry, but he's just, I forgot his name, but uh, his nickname on Afro Samuel Fowl is uh, Pookie Hauser, MD. And he's like this ridiculously young black kid with uh, glasses. And he pretended he was a doctor for quite some bit. It's like a really big story last year. It was uh, it was pretty funny because he had, he had to like be these. smart to be able to fool people that long. Yeah, he had like you no know, pictures looking all looking all like, you know, serious and stuff right. like that. He's all posed but, up and I'm like. He was running his business, though. He had his own, like, weed shop, hair salon, babysitter shop going on. <laughs> but up here. Yeah, <laughs> so Pookie Hauser and me, uh, I need to yeah. find out who that guy was, though. Uh, but yeah, for the most part. Hilarious. Yeah, um, and he, he did it more than once. Um, yes, like five times. <laughs> he will do great things. Yeah. Um, he said, "Why go to med school?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's this guy? His name? Good God Almighty! Somebody from Florida. Uh, of course. Uh, uh, Malachi course. Love. That's his name. Malachi Love. Oh, Malachi. Oh, Malachi. Okay. Yeah, Malachi Love. Yeah, it's Malachi. Man, that's a name. That's like he should be a radio radio host. That's a name like that. name. Hello. He'll probably be a radio host tomorrow. I'm a Malachi Love here. He will not. Yeah, all you have to do is hear this, and they'll be like, "Coming to you with the news and the blues." (laughs) He'll be here (laughs) tomorrow. Yeah, I got. He'll be advertising, you know, his his gynecological services on the commercials. I mean, you know, he's just a jack of all trades, master of none. So, yeah. Wow. Okay, but uh, in all seriousness, um, we have Tamika, like uh, Doctor Tamika Cross. And she, you know, her experience is is a it is it's it's very painful because this is the black experience of being a uh, a black professional anywhere in America. People tend to think that you are. They wish it's almost like they want to believe that you're not who you are. 
Like where where does right. this come from? Why can't you exist as is? Why can't you go to college? They would Why can't you doubt first? You're guilty until proven. Exactly. Yeah, so the doubt comes in before anything else, and then you have to work like hell to remove that doubt. But even then it's like so and accomplish great things. Um, you could be at the top of your game, but even then it's like they question what you did to get there. And they're like, oh, it's affirmative action. So, I mean, it's always something. It's you're never going to be good enough. So I just stopped trying. As a professional woman, I just stopped trying. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I think that's kind of the point, too, with affirmative action and certain um scholarship programs and things like that they are so quick to say this is you people have this you people have that are you not happy with that they don't understand that us people that have that it's basically white women white women are the ones who all these things were set up for when it comes to the welfare when it comes to the college Mm -hmm. scholarships when it comes to all these things it was white women full white women mothers stuff like that so they sit there and they just throw it off on us. And then whenever black people and brown people and other people of color make it, they're like, see, what about the other 80%? Why can't y'all do what he's doing? There's no excuses because look at Barack Obama and Oprah. And it's- Oh yeah, they come to the exception. Yeah. Yeah, And then whenever you uh, do make it, they're like, oh, you're selling drugs, aren't you? You're selling ass, aren't you? You're doing something illegal, right? You're not paying taxes, right? There's something that you're doing to find some kind of loophole. You're doing something illegal to make it because you can't possibly make it past my point because you're a nigger. You're a exactly. Yeah, it's just one of those. Yep. Be, you're a spigger. Like, it's one of those things. Like, you're always something and not enough, but whenever you have to work harder to get to where you are, you work your ass off way harder as a black brown person or a female and then it's like well i guess i'll finally see you as a human after you out all these others yeah so um do y'all have any experiences with this here like uh has this happened in your <laughs> lives as well okay so okay oh we'll save God. uh sierra for last um yeah you go first uh ray yeah i tell people on a regular basis um Black women specifically are the highest educated minority and group, period, in this country. I Mm -hmm. have so many college hours. I'm one of those. You remember that show, Girlfriends? Yeah. And the girl that she couldn't figure out what she wanted to do, so she had to get all these different degrees and all this other stuff? Yeah. That's kind of basically how I am. I have... Hmm. majored in so many different I've I've gone to different colleges different groups I've got college credits out the wazoo based on this and as soon as I disagree with somebody or as soon as I just have my my negro moment as they call it to be nice (laughs) it's always well get off of welfare get a job do this do that stop blaming the world for your problems and this and that they always assume I'm the bottom of the barrel and been some because not only am I black, not only am I Latino, not only am I female, 
but I'm all that into one, so I can't possibly actually be working because Mexicans work for less than anything. They just, they're stealing all our jobs and they're working for less. And then black folks, you're so lazy, you don't want to work at all. And then females, well, you're just having babies and popping this out. So I'm basically popping out babies, don't want to work, don't want to do this, don't want to do that. And nobody ever considers the fact that I have college on college on college on college. And it's, it's freaking disgusting. But that's the American way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, felt it a bit. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. Um. So my experiences. Uh. One of the first experiences I had was when I was driving around in um in the um uh, old like back when I was in my early twenties. Uh, girl, my girlfriend's car at the time, like actually like late teens. But anyway, like when I first joined uh, the armed services, the army, and driving my girlfriend's car and. The cop pulled us over on uh, Interstate 95. White guy, he says, he like checks, you know, check uh, ID and everything else. And there's three black folks in the car me, the girlfriend that I had at the time, black woman, and her black woman friend. And, and I say this so folks can you know, illustrate what this cop is looking at, so to speak. Right? You know what I mean? So, so this guy, uh, you know, he sees my military ID and he's like, well, you're a soldier. I'm like, you know, in my mind, I'm like, yeah. Um, ever since you know Harry S. Truman, you know, integrated the the armed services after World War II. Yes, you know, the armed services do have black soldiers in it. That's what I wanted to save my young crazy self. But I was like, yes, I'm a soldier. You know, and it's, it's like, why would you doubt that? <laughs> like, I mean, come on now. Wait, can I ask you um, a question now? Yeah. You said there was three black people. Was one of them mixed? One of them Puerto Rican? One of them Dominican? Nah, nah. <laughs> I just wanted was... to ask because you know how people like to say segregate. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> want to throw you that know. one in there real quick? Yeah, everybody was uh without question black, and um, you know he said, "I'm like, excuse me, sir. Uh, is there a reason why we were pulled over?" He said somebody called on the phone saying that that uh, folks were smoking weed, you know, in a, in a red car and stuff like that. And then I asked the guy, asked the guy of a question. Course. I was like, "But well, sir, and this is um like 2003, you know." I'm like, "But well, sir, uh, isn't it illegal to use your phone while driving on a, on an interstate?" You know, he didn't answer that question. So, f- for the most part, you know, you have uh, racial profiling in regards to driving while black, and then you have uh, guys bullshitting on on his excuse to pull us over in the first place. Um, so he saw three black folks. I mean, one part, I, the thing about it, about the a lie is that part of, part of it has to be true. So he probably thought that, hey, three black folks in the car, somebody smoking weed, let me bust these motherfuckers. But it's like, holy shit. I mean, and then him on, uh, on the fact that I'm a soldier, that was uh, pretty funny. I'll never forget that. That's the thing that a lot of these cops don't understand. Like all your interactions that you do based on racial profiling, you think it's just, I mean, to you it's just fucking Tuesday, but for us, it's like a very, it's a catastrophic, traumatizing event in our lives that we'll never forget. And if you keep on doing that, especially to the same people. Um, it wakes us up in a way that y'all don't want. Exactly, thanks for, yeah, exactly. Powder so, keg, um, powder keg, waiting to explode. Yeah. Another another example of uh, 
of uh, prof- being a black professional in America or professionaling while black in, uh, in America is my car. I've had my, uh, I have a Mercedes Benz, it's a 2004 C-Class. I had it ever since 2008. And one thing I noticed is that people tend to disbelieve the fact that I have the car I have. And it's really painful as a black person because it's like you're trapped. You cannot, you're not allowed to have anything good. You know, you can't, you, you're not allowed to, to actually earn the stuff that you have, you know, earn these things in life that you want to have. Now, I'm not a guy that, that wants to be super showy. You know, it's nothing but a C, it's an entry level Mercedes Benz and all. But yeah, I find it really funny on how some people disbelieve the fact that I have the car that I have. Like, um, it, it, like coming up in DC, you know, um, people really do believe that, that, you know, the drug dealers have the bum cars because they usually did. Like, people who are in the game, they have some bum ass cars you know, like the low level drug dealers. But once I have a really good car, a really nice car, now I'm a high level drug dealer. You see what I'm saying? It's like, exactly. where's the escape? Mm-hmm. I mean, I never dealt drugs before. Why, why automatically assume that I'm, that I, I have to be selling something to have the, have to be engaging in illegal activity to, in order to have the things that I have is it, categorically That's absurd. Part of white privilege that white people completely like white mm. people, statistically speaking, they sell more drugs than oh, yeah. white and, and do more drugs. People exactly. But whenever black people and brown people have something and they go and buy a nice car or something like that, or they get a good job and they have a good job and then they're like um I have a friend Mer Marilyn. You know, Facebook. But she was talking about this earlier. She's like, this is a part of white privilege. When a black person is and they're flipping houses and they come up on some really good deals and they're flipping and doing their thing and making a lot of money, the first thing that you mm-hmm. think, he can't be possibly working this hard. He has to be selling drugs. He has to be selling crack. He has to be selling something. Right. And that's one thing that people don't understand. Like, it is a privilege to be white because if that happens, then people are going to be like, well, Billy, well, he must be just doing what Billy does. And then whenever it's Tyrone, it's like, Tyrone must be doing what Tyrone does. He must be selling drugs. And that's one of those things. You cannot be trusted as a black, brown, male or female to not be doing something illegal to come up in this world. Because it's not made for you to do so. Unless you're famous, you're an artist or an athlete or an actor or something like that. One of them a-holes. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know what that reminds me of? Um, in 2013, there was this black kid, like, you know, young black male who in like in a New York area, he um, saved all his money to buy this designer belt from Barney's. And um, I he remember paid, he paid for this belt with his, his own hard earned cash. And what they did was racially profiled him and called the cops as if, you know, this is a black kid with money. You know, this guy has to be, this has to be fake. Yeah. You know, this guy, he has to, uh, he, this guy must be a drug dealer or something like that. And, and it's very painful that it's, it's like you're trapped. You cannot 
have anything good. You're not even allowed to earn the money that's in your pocket. It's because not they even allowed to earn the money. our neighborhoods with dope, with the hope of us actually just doing our men having nothing for the So that's the first thing. Well, obviously, the defense was very set up. And yeah. I tell people that being, um, I grew up in a brown community and a black community and with a black parent and a brown parent. And I knew for a fact that every person, all the men on the brown side, they have all been to jail over drugs or some kind of assault or something silly or simple that a lot of people would not have gone to jail. Mm-hmm. And it's because they're set up and they're targeted to do so. Right. And I think a lot of people overlook that. And it's one of those things that people overlook because they're too busy trying to point the blame at the victim and victim. You're automatically, right. as a black or brown male, a drug dealer or a rapist or something violent, something like that. Yeah. Right. And it's because you're talking. Yeah. Also, um, I think this was in 2013, but uh, Oprah Winfrey, she was in Switzerland and she was trying to buy a handbag from another designer store. And they profiled her right. to the point where she couldn't buy the goddamn bag. Now, now, if OK, so the person's black, you have a problem with that, I suppose. Um, like we we I don't understand it, but. I know that you're stupid. So you 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 have a problem with someone being black, but they have the means and the money to buy what looks like I'm researching this as I speak, a thirty-eight thousand hand a thirty-eight thousand dollar handbag. Why didn't you why don't you let her buy the fucking bag? I mean, I mean yeah, this racism is hurting your business. This racism is hurting your business, bunny. Buy it and then if there's an issue, ask afterwards, because that's what interests. Yeah, and it's like uh, this article here says. At the end of the day, nobody asks where the money came from. Nope. Like, like here it says in this article, it does make you wonder though: Can you ever be rich enough, or famous enough, or beautiful enough to not be racially profiled while shopping? No, no, no. There, you can't. You know, mm-hmm. you, you just can't. You can't have the the card I have. You can't be Oprah. Oprah fucking with. I mean, it's like President Obama going to fucking New Zealand and he's buying something big and they're like they're like hey we're gonna profile the fuck out of this nigga you know get the fuck out there's always gonna be people everywhere that don't know you and that's where the privilege comes in and that's where people realize black brown folks people of color anywhere we go we have to actually research ahead of time to see where we're going and if it's safe for us and where we're moving, and if it's safe for us, and things like that. Because it doesn't matter how rich you are. You can be Kobe, you can be anybody. You can be Oprah, you can be Jordan, you can be all these Obamas and Michelles and all these people. But the fact of the matter is, if somebody does not know who you are, you're still going to be a nigger. Period. And it's scary. Look at all these. It doesn't matter. They're going to act before they think. I look at all these lists and things that um, you mentioned a good point, like research things. So every once in a while, I see a list that's like nouns to live in America. And I'm like, for who? Because I'm not one of those damn towns. Um, they need to just straight up say the best small towns for non, non-black people, non-anybody of color. 
because it can't be a comfortable experience to hang a nigga Mississippi. I don't care how fucking beautiful it is. I'm not, I'm not going to live there. Last place. No. Hmm. No Mississippi. No Milwaukee in Wisconsin. There's certain places that you just are not allowed to go as people of color and expect to actually live a good life. I mean, I, you know, when I moved down to like my mom's military, so we were living in Bayside, New York, and then we left New York and went to Greenville, South Carolina. And I just always remember thinking, how come these fucking people are so hype about every time a black person drives a Lexus? Because my family's and I mean, I would see people with nice cars. Okay, they had good government jobs, and I mean, they worked their way up. You know, like people got their government jobs, they kind of stayed in government all their lives, and they had you know nice things. And people were so fucking surprised by that in South Carolina. And I was like, why? Like this person has a job, and they would make such a big fucking deal. And it wasn't just the white people; it was black people too. So I mean, we. We hype people up when they have these things. And I'm like, it's just the thing. So I try to remain as modest as possible just because, fuck, I don't care. I mean, you know, like, I, I will always drive my, what I call my luxury Honda because I don't give a shit. Features and shit that I need are inside that vehicle. I don't need it to say a certain name brand on the outside. Um, and it's not so much because I don't want to, draw attention but I don't want to draw attention because I know what people think I know what people say um just like you know having a Mercedes people start to say shit about that and I'm like yeah you have and to I don't out want it side and you have to look out on the good side you have to yeah. look out for your own yeah people. look out for those people who don't like our yeah because some coons are out there and uh while we did a um a podcast on them quite some time ago um, due to the fact of their how um, rampant these folks are running, these Tanuki suits are running. Um, we will ha- we are forced to talk about these coons w- w- one more time, especially Trump supporters. But that is another black Trump supporters. But that is definitely something that we're going to um, have in the you know in the near future. Mm-hmm. That's 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 a sequel to this one here. I want to explore more this this professionalism thing um, and, and how that's kind of come up a lot lately um, where people just don't believe that you have these professional capabilities. I know, um, so, and I think maybe some of your listeners is white. His mother obviously is white. His father's white. He's, he's white. Um, and I just remember you know, the first time I met her, you know, dressed nice and everything, you know, use my my good King's English. You know, I was on point. I was really, you know, picture perfect. Didn't fucking matter. I don't care what I did. Um, they cracked about where I went to act about what kind of job I had. Now, for all intents and purposes, you know, my job paid my bills. I didn't depend on anybody else, but it was brought into question. So after that, I kind of just said, I, I had, I had a Negro moment. I said, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck them. Fuck it all. Because I saw that it didn't 
but I did. I saw it didn't, it didn't matter like how, how much these respectability politics I played into, I was still a nigga and I was always going to be a nigga and that was going to be that. So I let it go. And that's the way I feel Sierra, and I'm going to do what I want to do. Um, you know, I used to try and dress all up and everything because, like, my, my co-worker, she comes and looking, you know, rather homeless every day, um, shabby white woman. But it, it doesn't matter. I was, you know, dressed to the nines. They still treat me like whatever. So now I will wear fucking sweatpants if I choose to because I still have the same professional abilities as this chick who looks homeless. That's that. Yeah. Another... Another um, experience I have concerning um, being professional while black in America was, you know, no surprise, the Tucson Trump event in 2016. You know, for those who don't know, I was there for the whole thing. And uh, the black guy who was uh, wearing, he had his Tanuki suit zipped and um, zip, zip tight that day. He attacked uh, that protester and stuff. I sat beside that dude for like two hours getting to know uh, Tony Pedway. God bless his heart or something. But anyway, I was in a Tucson Trump event and I came across a lot of uh, this this interesting form of racism, which is what I'll call sweet racism. Um, And sweet racism comes from sweet old racist folks. It was always a sweet old racist lady. Uh, oh, sweet old racist li- white lady. She'll say something like, uh, you know, like, you know, I'm like, I'm voting for Trump because because if he if he like if he gets in power, if he becomes president, you know, boys like you will be able to get jobs. And I'm like. OK, um, for, for folks to have a proper understanding. A no, 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 no. For folks to have a proper understanding, what's it like, like what's going on? I was at the Trump event as a photographer and I have over $4,000 of uh, photography equipment on my back and on my neck at the, the whole time I was there. So, and I, I, you know, I have, my, I have my button up shirt and tie looking all professional. You know, I look like credential media, if, if anything. So if any, if, you know, anyone's logical guess would be this guy's a professional photographer. That was not her guess. Her guess was, I'm a black man without a job, and we need to vote for Trump because he's going to get rid of the Mexicans because now when do you get rid of Mexicans, boys like me can get jobs. So even though I look professional, I sound professional, and I have professional-looking gear, and I function with this gear with precision, with professional precision, you know, while I was there, it didn't matter. All that woman saw was a black dude, and uh, and she engaged in this uh, what we call this this uh, the formal word of it was this parental form of racism where all oh, those poor black those poor niggers we need to take care of them that type of that type of uh, racism like oh by way I'd of being, well yeah oh by way of being more racist towards Mexicans you know and it's like this divide and conquer shit I mean come on now it's not gonna, it's not bitch you're talking to Johnny Silvercloud I, I couldn't say that I couldn't say that. She was just so fucking ignorant, and I would have got beat up at a Trump rally. Yeah, <laughs> wouldn't have brought I'm, you there. I'm black. I'm Mexican. I'm female. Yeah, I'm like baby. you know, I was I was there <laughs> undercover, and I would have been smiling the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I was there undercover. I mean, I'm a black man in a Trump rally who don't agree Wait. with Trump. That I mean, that's a very <laughs> dangerous position black. to be. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, 
walking into the belly of the beast. And that's how I describe it. And uh, yeah. yeah, and I wrote about that experience uh, fullheartedly. The Trump rallies, he's the overt racist that is just talking. And I tell people this all the time. Whenever I, I try to compare one to the other with Clinton, Trump, Trump is basically rap music, which is saying, fuck these hoes, fuck these bitches, kill these niggas, fuck these people, <clears throat> all this bullshit. And then mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton is that black on black crime that's actually doing the dirt. Like, we're literally fucked in Bingo. This. We're fucked. <laughs> like, hardcore yeah. fucked. Like, if you check out her, her, uh, deals with Haiti and then her husband's deals with the three strike rule and the, the mandatory minimum sentencing and all this stuff. We're fucked. Cause you're yeah. thinking, well, it's either take on this female that talks a good game or take a guy that talks bullshit, but could potentially just take us into the civil war. And it's like, yeah. well, I'd rather go to the civil war than sit here with some Bullshit. Well, that the civil war may happen even when he loses because white folks don't lose. White folks don't lose that well. <laughs> whiteness don't lose that well. You don't know? do it. Good. Last time, no. last time, whiteness lost. Mm-hmm. You know, Abraham Lincoln was not a true abolitionist. Uh, Abraham Lincoln was was a, a, Abraham Lincoln didn't yeah. like Abraham Lincoln was not friendly to slavery, but no, he never Abraham he never made Lincoln a mention. Yeah, he never made a mention of actually freeing slaves, but the fear of this of a president who was who didn't like slavery wasn't more than enough for the for entire half of the United States to wage yeah. war to to uphold white supremacy. Yeah. So if you have this, if you have you have that, someone who thinks that this guy's going to free slaves, because he never really cared. He he never cared to do that. The war actually forced his hand. You know, he never really cared to free slaves, but since they feared that shit, they waged war to protect it. So, um, yeah, if 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 they can, if they can do if they commit the war because of that, they can they can definitely do it again, and it, it's definitely coming. Yeah. So what I'm what I'm going to do is go to my gun shop cat uh, tomorrow, especially, and buy more bullets because and keep on buying more bullets because it's it's I got it. That's I gotta exactly. kill as many racists as possible. I mean, I'll get, I, I will die, but I will not die in a, in a flash in the pan of, of like, oh, now you got me, and now I'm hung. No, it's gonna be like tons and tons of yeah, folks putting in work before you get to me. Yeah, same here. Like the like like the like the meat of the meat of my hand will be sore from um from the shells flying from my fucking forty five before that ever before that ever happens. I'm taking a whole lot of them dabs with me. Anyway, back to uh, you know Tamika Cross and stuff. Um, yeah, it's like being a big, what a segue, what a segue. Anyway, back to Tamika Cross. Uh, it's really frustrating just being being black in America, and people don't think that you have the skills you have. Matter of fact, um, Tierra, did you talk about your experiences with this yet? Like uh, truly. Well, I was just mentioning um, why I don't give a fuck anymore, but um, really, truly, so I work in sales. Sales is a white boy's game. So, yeah, marketing background on, you know, well, no, not in marketing, I'm in sales. 
So sales is basically for the C student that comes out of college, has had a little bit of retail experience, got the the gab and likes to have a good time. That's who your salesperson is. Now, can they be more sophisticated and can they grow and can they mature? They sure can. But for the most part, this is who you're dealing with and they're young and they're white and they're always right. So the women sleep their way to the top and the guys go out drinking and partying, whatever. Well, obviously I'm not doing any of that. I mean, I always like to have a good time. I would always hit the happy hour, but don't talk disrespectfully to me. Don't try and grab anything and, you know, just be cool. Don't, uh, don't drink too much and get all racial and, you know, I'll fuck you up. So I never really played that game too well. And, you know, when I found that, that's how that game was being played. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. All I got is my numbers because in sales, you're just as good as your last numbers. Um, well, then you become antisocial. Then you become not part of the company culture. And nobody ever turns to these guys and says, well, why don't you embrace her? It's always, why don't you embrace them? You know, why don't you, you know, be more like them? But I'd have to basically sell out. So it's one of those things like, okay. And then, you know, like I said, your numbers kind of stand for you in sales. Like that's all you have. Um, but even with plain black and white numbers, it's always like this doubt. Like, well, let me listen to your phone calls. Let me, let me hear you talk to so-and-so customer. Why? Like, what the fuck do you think I'm telling them? Why do all the black customers seem to resonate with you? Because I talk to them like they're fucking people now trying to talk above and around them and through them and shit. Like, you talk to them and hate you. Like, that's my shtick. That's what I'm going for. But, you know, of course, they always had questions. But um, that's, that's just something I've dealt with. That's something I'm going to probably always deal with in sales just because of the nature of who typically succeeds in sales so yeah hmm, okay yeah um tier i mean uh ray you have anything to uh like add to that one right there what's your well, thoughts that's kind of um with her issue and mine and a lot of ours it's where there's a thin line between racism and sexism and it kind of yeah and then it differentiates so it's one of those things to where she can't win for losing because of her race yeah. and because of her sex and then they're always going to say don't make it a race thing don't make it a sex thing don't make it a this thing don't make it a that thing just make sure you follow this white male standard and it's it's but, and i don't know if you noticed this but something i've noticed like Black men will always be cool at work. Like, they're always thought of as the cool ones. Like, because white guys basically want to be like the black guys. So they they don't have any issue with them. And black guys are like, well, I don't see any racism here. And I'm like, well, fucking course you don't. Because they want to be just like you. Like, fuck, like, they, they want to be your homie. They want to emulate you with your blackness. Right, but that's just the black man. Black because man. Yeah. white men right. yeah. and want to emulate each other. Right. So that they get along like they're they're cool. But being a black woman, you have the white women who are intimidated by you, whatever the fuck that means. And then the white men just don't think of you as any. 
thing. I mean, they're a bunch, whatever. Like, they just don't respect you. And when they do talk to you, they're talking down to you. Yeah, talking at you versus talking to you. Or talking with you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the... You're an object. You're just a figment of their imagination. You're just temporary. You're just here for now. And you're yeah. nothing to actually consider. Yeah. I can only imagine going to law school and everything else. And because I, I have an affinity for, I always had an affinity for medical arts. And I'm not squeamish around dead bodies or bleeding bodies, dying bodies. I'm not. And, uh, you know, I always want to be a medic, you know, that, that could have happened, could have been a doctor. And with that being said, I can only imagine what it feels like actually going through eight to 12 years of school. And then someone is like, no, you're not a doctor. I'm 35 right. years old right now. So technically, if I would have went, well, I went the doctor right out of high school, I'll be a doctor right now. The salt and pepper beard I have and everything else. And someone will sit there and doubt what I am. Despite the fact that, I, that you know, in that in this alternate reality, I'm a man who have dedicated my life to saving lives. That's mind blowing. And not only that, but but that's not what freedom looks like. That's not what freedom feels like. Like people may see how I dress on um, the Afro Savior File podcast uh, when you check the YouTubes out, which will be featured on um, like uh, on, on Ray Rivera's uh, page. You know more more than mine. You know she's just stuff pretty built up. So anyway, um, you see me here. You see either you probably see me wearing a button up and a tie, or you know a shirt, uh, shema and hat. You know when I wear the shema and hat, you're like thinking, oh well, you know random thug, whatever else. But why? These articles of clothing should be neutral concepts. You know, not only that, but I'm quite sure I'd be called a thug anyway if I was wearing my suit and tie and uh, Kango. That's what I'm because, saying. You got to stop giving you know, a fuck. You actually call a you white folks call Colin Kaepernick a thug. And he, he not only is he a well college educated man, but he's also a professional with a literal job that you're that you're able to see on ESPN. So. Every I mean, if this guy's a thug, if if President Obama is a thug to you, which is your code word for nigger? Mm-hmm. No. Um, then what escape do we have? We 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 can't go. We can't be president of the United States because you, you're not going to sit there and respect respect that level of office, that level of the professionalism. Mm-hmm. You're going to doubt. You're, if we if we became pres- president, you're going to doubt where we came from. You're going to doubt our credentials, despite the fact you don't doubt Donald Trump's. But another story. I'm not going to dive into hey, that. Wow. But, yeah, he could. Rape women, children, yeah, you're his own daughters, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> so, hey, get it in, get it in, get it in. What you, what you got, uh, Ray? What you but got, I Ray? guess my my issue is always being, <coughs> excuse me, told to to lift yourself up by your bootstraps. But you know they forget that second part is don't lift yourself too damn high because if you get above me, it's gonna be a problem. So. Yeah, Black Wall Street is a great illustration of that. And that's something that's in American history that they wish to erase, but we will not allow them to erase that. You know, so yeah, Black Wall Street is a brilliant example of uh, 
uh, black people shining and white, white folks can't take it and they're butthurt. They're like, oh man, this makes me feel like my dick is tiny and I'm going to kill all but these they black to folks. go away and get out of their communities. So that's what the fuck they did. They got away from them. They were like, okay, you don't want to treat us like humans. We will go and build our own. So, you know, whereas I think talking about economic empowerment, having your own, that all sounds really good, but then look at who's gonna try and tear it down. And, you know, but so I'm not saying don't do, do so. it. I'm not saying don't do it, right? I mean, it, it also takes the means to do it, but I'm not saying don't empower yourself economically and have your own and build your own businesses. I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is don't think that's the end all be all because you see Black Wall Street, you see that shit didn't work for them. So you gotta have a lot more systems in place than well, I got my own business. That's not everything. It's been almost a hundred years though. Do you think that if we went to Detroit for run down ass place, do you think if we went there and we self-segregated, we could actually do what we did then and not bombed as a result of it? I, I just... They don't even have the bombers now. All they do is over polices. That's all it would Other take. They would put so like, many regulations and red tape. Yeah, over tax. I mean, okay, when I look at, uh, say, rap music, for example, I believe that if white folks invented rap music, um, there would be less penalties, if, if not no penalties, in regards to sampling music, sampling prior music in order to make rap music beats. You know, well, I think that uh, like a lot of laws are, are levied and created because black folks invented or did something innovative and it's like no that that nigga can't know we need to make more money out of this or criminalize this this activity and, and, and when a black person do it that's what they do and uh white person do it everything is okay one one example one one crazy example of this is the wear and appearance of dreadlocks a white person wearing dreadlocks is like, oh, this is edgy and and you know, new age and all this other good stuff. Let's 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 anglicize this, but we'll demonize actual black people with dreadlocks and stuff. You know what they call white dreadlocks? These nuts. Hipsters. <laughs> fairy tails. They're fairy locks. Oh, fairy, fairy tails. I like that one. That's for, that's pretty funny. That's why I said if you put them in a ponytail, is it, is it fairy tales? They have fair, they're called fairies when they put when they well when they their shit added up, and then with black folks, it's dread, dread fairy. Wow, I mean, damn. It's like cake, angel cake. Yeah. Devil's Gate, ah. you know, which, is, which is really funny because vanilla is actually a very dark substance like coffee, like chocolate. Mm-hmm. There's very few things that's based off of beans that's fucking white. No. Well, the original yeah. thug and the, the violence and the rapists and all this other stuff. Not black mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, an offshoot of uh, the... Um, uh, bl- professional while black thing is that like the double standard at least is that like say one thing I, one of the things I observed when I was you know in my 20s I observed like going to clubs and bars out you know with mixed company back when I had like nothing but white friends to go out with stuff like that and you know military and one of the things I noticed is that the black guy which was me and any other black person in this given said club you know um, we have to look really sharp 
Now, meanwhile, the mm-hmm. white guy can wear whatever the fuck he, well, he can wear his gym gear that he just got finished sweating in and shit. You can't get to a club or bar and get if like more pussy, if not more pussy, you know, I, I mean, get pussy, if not more than um, the given black guy. And it's like, how come a white person can um, can wear whatever? And you can see this in our hats. You know, the, the black guy has will typically have in regards to blackness as is you have a, a super fresh hat that looks like it's really new. It looks so new that there's no dust on it to the point where it even has the stickers on it. it has the pre-existing um, sell-by dates and stickers on it and tags and stuff like that. This this uh, this hat, this black guy's wearing is fresh to death, as they say it in, uh, on the East Coast. Now, the white dude, he's going to have a, a really crusty curled up hat. The curl has to be super curled up in front. He may have beard beer bottle caps on the edges. He took like a, a, a saw or a knife and kind of like messed the edges. He like, he uh, took the like the brill of the hat and rubbed it across brick <laughs> to make it look more dirty and rusty and crusted and stuff like that. And that makes, and, and he, he, he'll get laid. You know, um, the, the white guy is a deodorant man. He, he's looking to, he's looking to not stink. The black guy is a, is a the black guy is a man who's he's a he's a, a cologne man. He's looking to smell good. So how does a guy who exactly. seeks not to stink? He, he he is just he's on par with the person who seeks to smell good. You know, like it's like this person who's trying not to suck, and you got this person who tries tries to be great. The person who who's like at the bare minimum, he's on the same par as the person who who, achieve, who seeks to achieve greatness. Why I would is that? Flip those two. You say what? I would flip those two. I would say the white person is the cologne, and then the black man is the deodorant because the black man is trying to just calm down the stank that other people put on him, and then the white man mm. put this. That's interesting. God on but but like you know, when it comes to like uh, okay. when, I, when I teach people like uh, when I teach people this is like have, I call it having an offensive mindset. You know, uh, one person is trying not to suck while the other one is trying to be great. And it's better to try to be great. Yeah, than but one person to... is trying to downplay what other people say and the other person is trying to cover it right. all up altogether. No, and but, no, but the, the thing is, though, is that... Like Europeans do. <laughs> the person who... All the okay, stuff you do. If you, use the, if you use cologne without washing up, yeah, you're just exactly. covering up. But but my, my standpoint is the person who wears cologne is already washed up and also using deodorant, you know? So it's, it's not, it's not, it's, it's, it's a person who achieves the bare minimum to uh, not, it's almost like a person in, in the military, a person who only gets the bare minimum to like not fill a PT test or bare minimum to not get fired mm-hmm. versus a person who was- goes over, over above and to achieve. That's a person who's looking to look and look at good to improve um, the life around him. That's, 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 yeah. That's the take in regards to cologne versus, you know, deodorant guy. Because the clone dude wears deodorant. You know, he just doesn't stop there. He's not just trying right. to not stink. He goes He's the trying extra to smell mind. good. Yeah, that's, that's my point. point. You're trying to cover up and do all these other kind of things to make sure people don't see and smell what you are. And then the deodorant guy is just trying to downplay the shit that other people see and smell. Yeah, yeah. So, in, in thinking about that, you know what I've noticed? Um, get into 
hella fucking debt trying to look a certain way so we are not judged. I mean, and, and it goes way, way, way back. I mean, we would always, you know, back in the days of slavery and things like that, or just, you know, fresh, honestly, you didn't have much, but you always try to look your best when going to see company or, you know, company was coming over, you know, you were going to be out of the presence of just your family. So looking at that today and what that's kind of manifested itself into, we're getting to a whole lot of fucking debt and like spending. Well, we're in debt before we ever get. Look how white folks go to church. But you know, I I look at well, right, because I went to a white church, and let me tell you, um, I jeans, wore jeans, t-shirts, and, and they were like, well, come as y'all are, Jesus knows, and I'm like, oh, but black folks are always like, give God your best, and I'm like, okay, I get that mentality too, but the <laughs> money we spend to try to keep up and to try to, you know, just do better than, than the last person, I'm like, why do we do that? Like, I think about the, the kid who's took his money to go into Barney's to buy that belt. And I don't think, all I could think at the time was, fuck you going to Barney's to buy a belt? We're not sure you have that right. You do have that right. And nobody should stop you from, from buying that belt. If you purchase that legally, you know, it's, it's your money and your money's green. You should be able to buy whatever the fuck you want. But in my mind, I'm like, if you had to save up to buy a fucking belt, are you serious? And I guess that's just not where my value lies. Like, I mean, I get hyped at the gap. Mind. Like, that's about not doing that same here yeah there is a problem with uh black folks we as a community looking to i mean i think it comes from the notion that if we are wearing our we have to wear our wealth to 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 show that we're not dusty crusty meanwhile no one assumes a white dude's dusty crusty even when they are you know, even yeah. when they are. So that's why, you know, the dude bro, the dude bro, Billy, you know, you know, dude bro, Billy, he can sit there and go to a, a, a club or a bar dressed as is like a bum. Meanwhile, the black dude has to, he actually has to like crease his pants and actually has to like mm-hmm. look fresh to death and then show up with cologne and then show up, you know? And, and honestly, a lot of people like this. A lot of people are feeling this. Um, but and I've actually, I do prefer to go the extra mile and look good, but I don't, uh, we do have to critique society in regards to why people have to go over the top to include, like, say, wearing chains, wearing, wearing jewelry, you know, and uh, no, why to the point where I'm like, oh, this person's a rapper. Okay. Yeah. We got it. Like, this guy's good. He's good to go. But that's not what, what true freedom is. Because if you look at it, this guy's still wearing chains. You feel me? So right. true freedom would be that I can act the way I want. I can dress where I want, how, however I want, and not judge for it as black folks fo- folks are. You know, and I it's, it's like white folks. Yeah, if y'all if you're listening to this podcast, you have no idea how good you got it. You know, you're sitting up in here thinking that thinking that America's being taken from you. You still own this shit. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> You still own this shit. You still, you, your dick is all up in Liberty's ass, you know, without consent. You're rape. You you still rape liber, Liberty and freedom every day without consent. Rape freedom and Liberty every day. You think that America is not yours? You and all you own this stuff. You own all this shit. Liberty, well, freedom is a slave to white people. You know, 
It's, it's insane that 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 they think that they don't like they're losing ground or whatever else because all this shit is still a white privilege flex. And then kiss my ass, all of them. I'm getting mad. Yes, kiss my ass. Fuck yeah. No, I mean I get it. But I mean, you know what? I really wish that I could reach out to all the black youth. I mean, hell, not even just youth, people my own damn age and say, you don't have to do this. Or the more money you spend, the more foolish you look because you still a nigga. They don't care. Like, it's not even that, but what's your address though? Like, nah. where are you living? Right. No, like what, what I'm, I'm concerned with was is the folks who, who, uh, who actually are functionally cooning and it's like, look, dude, you're still black. You know, you, you still you're still black, like like black cops, um, black cops. When they do good, when they perpetrate people against better. people, they're the more likely to get convicted and put in prison than a white cop. As a matter of fact, there was this one Asian dude, I think it was in Texas, who uh, thought he had white privilege because he was light enough mm. and he was raping motherfuckers up the right. He thought he was going to get away with it. Nah, dude, oh, they're right. like, like, right. like that was you're, you're a hot claw. Like, yeah, nah, dude, like, you're 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 not white. They're gonna let you know you're not white too, nigga. Mm-hmm. Now you look your dumb ass up in jail, thinking that you had a white what uh, that you're white. Was he from? It was, you I mean, know I don't know, what? but it was it took place in Texas. Oh, okay, because California hates, hates, hates Asians. Like California has the highest rate of Asians on the death penalty. Because California is Damn, where the Asians and the Mexicans, they just don't deal with. Yeah, there's there's the, the, I mean, it's right there. by the it's right by the the east. So it yeah, was uh, those, Oklahoma. Those Daniel Holtzclaw was in Oklahoma. Okay, so, so I mean, Texas is Texas hat, the hat. Texas, so sure. area. <laughs> love Oklahoma. Fuck, you know, I love Oklahoma. Anyway. I know all my family in Oklahoma. They're Republicans and they're like white power and they're not white. So. Oh Lord. Wow, that's that's yeah. deeply problematic. <laughs> that that doesn't work out well. I get those Christmas letters every year mm. with pictures next to um, Sarah Palin and Bush. And I I put return to sender. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't. I wish to hell somebody <laughs> would. You know what? <laughs> You're good. Bush, I mean, if you had a choice between Trump and Bush, though. I'll choose I'd choose Bush. Bush. <laughs> I'll choose the fool. Like you know, Bush I wasn't. The war under Bush, Bush. I'd choose Bush. Yeah, like, yeah. Me too. Like Bush it was it was a fool. He wasn't exactly Bush a, a blatant racist. racist. I'd choose Bush. <laughs> yeah, Every time I look Bush. at that damn video, <laughs> over Clinton. <laughs> Every time I look at that damn video of of Bush singing at um. Whose funeral was that? It was, I don't know if it was like a fallen police officer or what, but he was singing the thing, Battle Hymn of the Republican. He was just a shimmying and shaking. And I was like, yeah, it's like he was fucking retarded. Like, this guy is a comedian or something like that. Like, like that's what they like, do. If you, if you really do, like, year old. I picture if you, if, if you really, if you meet out. Bush, he's a frat boy, not, but not like the, the harmful, toxic masculinity frat boy. He's the guy who's a he's total fucking fool. I think that Bush could have been. Nobody he could have been so a, a much fun. He probably could have been a stand-up comedian or something like that in a, in a different life. Yeah, I just he looks I like think, a whole lot of fun. I think I would fun. fucking party with him. I'd be like, "Yo, 
He's got all the fucking beer, and he—he's not charging you shit when you walk. When you know when you walk in the door, he—he just wants you to have a good time. And whatever beer you need to do that, he's fucking got it. That's that. That's beer. You mean cocaine? (laughs) Well, I I do believe he was into the booger sugar. Yes, yes, he is. He's probably Trump's dope man right now. Ah! <laughs> oh my god! Nah, it's, probably been, it's probably been Carson got him on the, on on some on a, on some open. No, we he can't play He got man, no, no. Man. He got in person. When you cross a certain line, you're white. Once upon a time, I um I was doing this mentoring program and I took my mentee to see Ben Carson in Baltimore. And it was such a proud moment. Now I really want to call her back and be like, scratch that. Just just kidding. Just just let that shit go. I know <laughs> he's got some gifted hands, but I want to throw these hands at him. I do. Because okay. he's ridiculous. Yeah, those get the hands are really good at massaging on um, the phallus of white supremacy because good Lord yeah. Almighty, I mean, you must got a he must have a Stop gifted me. mouth. He must have a gifted mouth because he he stays. Well, I was gonna say, they didn't even use his hands; they went straight to his mouth. They were like, "What that mouth do?" So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they, they didn't even they didn't catch them hands. So yeah, man. I mean, but you know what? I think he's even gonna have a wake up moment, like a nigga moment, where. He's going to have to be like reminded he is indeed still black. Yeah. He, he's going to get one just like Don Lemon. So, you know, yeah. I wait for those moments. And I hate that he hasn't had one yet because I'm like, how are you as old as you are? And you ain't had a moment. You must have ignored that moment and thought it was something else because I'm 33. I know that moment has happened about when I was like 13, 14. So, you know, like, I know he caught it. Yeah. But the thing about black folks like that is that they ignore it. They, um, they blame themselves or, or they blame the That's environment versus actually like, yeah, you know, he, he made excuses. White, he, white people or he, he was just like, it's that it's this, it's, it's everything else. It's not that. And you know, well, damn, whatever. you know what I, I, you know what? I was sagging my pants. You know what? I was wearing a hoodie. You know what? Right. I did use slang, you know, you know what, you know, right. it was like, stop making these excuses, dude. No one's going to respect you. I mean, they pretend to respect you when you are cooning, you know, when you're caping for yeah. white supremacy, when you're, when you become a pet of white supremacy, they don't respect you at all. They it, it's, it's, counterfeit respect they use you as a token and every time you come across some kind of issue that they don't deal with they just put you in that there's gonna be a wake up call and what you're gonna do he's he's gonna deserve every bit of it Mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not for those you're not like other black girls thanks you're prettier for a black girl please don't think i'm a good guy let me put this in this wishing well. Yeah, That's those, why I uh, stopped stop doing people like that. I can't yep. do it. So they're like, oh, I'm not racist. My guy. Check out my friend here. Right. My token. I've, I've put on my Facebook page several times, if I am your token black friend, no, I'm not. I will nope. act a pure fucking ass. Because all those friends that I grew up with in South Carolina, like I had a friend who 
I we were close. I mean, she was at my wedding and everything. I surprised her at her baby shower. I came back down for the baby's first birthday. Like we were very, very close. Until all the stuff started happening where black men were being murdered in the streets and she didn't say anything. So I was like, all right, well, she's not gonna say nothing. But then it was like blue lives matter, this, that, and forth. And I was like, er, skirt, bitch, what? Because I thought you just weren't gonna say anything because you didn't want to get political on Facebook, but you have all these balls to say blue lives matter. So that's when I was done with her. The fuck's the blue lives? And, and, and that's like, I just, I, I didn't even want to take the time to explain her because I'm like, you know, we've talked about this in person. You have the nerve to post that on your fucking page. You can post what you want to, but you also don't have to be friends with me. So I got rid of her. I blocked her. I blocked her mama. I blocked her two sisters. I blocked her husband. I blocked every fucking body that I thought that knew her that might, you know, be passing messages and shit. And I'm a better person for it. Yep. Yeah. I don't have to deal with that. Ray, I, that was you my remember guess. when I uh, where I threw away that my my old homeboy Ben Heinrich? Like that was good. Like that was it for that too. I saw it on the um on your page, and then like he reported to Facebook or some shit. But not before we all read that shit. That shit was good. Yeah, yeah, okay, y'all both was there for that one. Yeah, because it's like Rachel. She showed she she looked at his uh his page and was like, this dude is racist as fuck. You know, <laughs> it's like. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know how you have friends like that around. Army, yo, like uh, army so, experience shit. Like not only that, but it's like when they when um when you're like together, they don't really see what's what because you don't really get a chance to talk about your your uh fears and experiences. The military like experience but, is so mixed. But when you when you when you both when you leave service. Which he did as well, and you go and back. He's, to he's, he's back in like right. Tallahassee, Florida, Atlanta, Georgia area with mm-hmm. number around white folks and shit. He 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 apparently reverted back to his Fox News, his, his Fuck News, Tommy Lauren listening to, you know, you know, Ugh. bitch ass shit. And me, of course, I'm like always been the social, the, the scientific dude. I'm like, this is unjust. The, like you are the unjust, you are the just, or we are the just, and I'm going to continue fighting this shit until I die, or we win, or where which comes first. Oh, yeah, die first. we win, we and lose, I'm, we I'm, draw. I'm, I'm totally That's okay it. with that. I'm, I'll probably die first. I'm totally okay with that. But the thing is, though, is that this dude kept on throwing all this shit. Like, you know, Black Lives Matter is all criminal, and all these guys are thugs, and you know, Blue Lives Matter, this Blue Lives. I'm like. That's like, the thing they yeah, don't understand. We were though. so we were so, we were so close. Like this dude rapped on the beats I made back when I was a beat maker. Because like he yeah. was interested in you because you're a black male, and black men are cool to white men. Therefore, you were cool with him. Had it been the same situation, and I mean, maybe I'm wrong. And somebody can for if it were a black woman and a white woman. I don't think it would have gone down the same way unless she was going to clue for this white woman. They would not have had the same relationship that you and old dude had because white women are intimidated by black women. So I think your experience is different being a black woman. They can't stand us. They're like, why do you have so much confidence? Why do you have so much confidence that you uh, shouldn't be? There's some white women that are not like that. They're like super friendly to black women (laughs) to the point at which they uh they think that they can supplant, they can replace black women, and to the point where they think that 
they uh, they know black women more than black men do. So, like, I mean, there's some white chicks like that. Back up. And, um, huh? Don't be petty. No, Mm-mm. I'm not being petty. It's not even. No, but, it, but it's true. No. Like, there's some white chicks out there who are all up in black circles, especially black them. women circles. And yeah, uh, they want to get talking about that. Kardashians? That's an example right there. That's an ex- that's a great example right there. Kardashians. And they like they they want to like they want to replace. They they like you know if you if you're not paying attention, they're seeking to replace black women. Look at my look how big right. my butt is, you know. And this is a consistent right. thing of all these white chicks that attempt to do that. Like I'm thick. Black, you like the thick, thing they don't six. understand is you can have these lip injections, these butt implants, and all this other stuff, but it's never going to put in your mind anything that correlates with being able to understand what black men go through as black or men. as a black man. It's almost like masturbation, it's not as good as a real thing, exactly. Well, <laughs> I mean, you got you got counterfeit, but you know what? it's like it's like imitation crab well, meat, not as good as a real thing. There we go. Some little more <laughs> A friend of mine posted this meme that was um, it was very interesting. He's uh, it, uh, was it Paul Patton and Robin Thicke, and they were like everybody high fives her. But then it was somebody else, somebody I just didn't recognize. It was like a black man and a white woman. They were like everybody hates Tay Diggs him. with uh, his whatever. I don't, I don't remember who it was. features. Right. Her skin she's, and then I didn't, I didn't think it was, she's I didn't white. think it was, uh, right. She's, she's very European looking. So I was like, she's basically yeah. just got a tan. But so I didn't think that was a great example, but it is true that black, but black women are high five like shit for dating white men. I, I swear. Cause I, you know, black I, somebody, oh, they are yeah. hated. They are vilified. Yeah, like a uh, Luke Cage actor, uh, Mike Mike Coulter. That's that's another right. Like, we We're mentioned that to... we mentioned that that's on the, the podcast that that passed by. For those who are listening to this, be sure to check out um you know the um the hashtag Black Oscars show found on Afro Sacred File Network podcast network. But yeah, like um, you know his wife worked for Netflix and everything, and she most likely got him on. And everybody's like, "Fuck that shit." She's white. Fuck her. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I I like I like your uh, demeanor with it, uh, you know, Ray, because you still admire the guy, regardless. Like you, you, you under you, you're you're far more mature with it. Like, like you you prefer black with black, but you're not a person who demonizes or seeks to execrate those who engage in um, interracial relationships no. and stuff like that. But people it, swear it I matters. Do. It matters. So, I mean, based on, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, it matters what one does when they're, they are in that relationship or the, and, or their, uh, motives from doing, for doing mm-hmm. such. Yeah. And, uh, the tears so, yeah. And that's the thing. I tell people all the time, me as a product of an inter, I don't say interracial, but more intercultural, knowing right. that the Mexicans and then the Africans in America, they all went through the same thing, but one was stolen and brought to the land and one's lands was stolen and whatever the case but as someone in an interracial intercultural product of that so then people just being onlookers the damage that it could cause so i speak more of a logical perspective 
Sure. And people see that as hatred. And it's the same thing as me being like, well, there's no proof of the gods here. There's proof of this here. There's, well, you must hate God. Well, you must hate interracial procreate. You must hate white people. People love simplifying thoughts. People can't, right. They they love to simplify it to just hate. And I'm like, if you explored past the word hate and really tried to understand, Mm -hmm. you would learn something like you, you would get something, but people think in this damn Tyler Perry, you know, dichotomy, like either you're this or you're that. And there is no gray area. That's and I'm right. like, no. not everything's a fucking Medea movie. Like, you gotta open up. <laughs> you gotta open it up. You know? Michael Twinman, you're either a feminazi or you're a doormat. There's no in-between, and I'm sitting here in the middle, like, well, we all meet in the middle, and yeah. sometimes um, I cook, sometimes he cleans, sometimes I do this, sometimes he does this, but people don't see that. Nope. They're so left-field, I... right-field, and it's disgusting. I learned about, um, like, in regards to that, I learned about um, feminism versus womanism, and that's what Sable Manaba, which is another part of the afro file collective, you know, um, she uh, kind of cued me on, and is like, you know, looking at uh, Ray Rivera, and you're, you know, y'all, y'all womanists, not exactly feminists, and not to give feminists a bad rap, but it seems like for the women who made, who invented these terms, these classifications, seem like the womanists they embrace all that as woman while the feminist seems to like they wish to subtract things that are associated with women that they don't like. Like yeah. say, like say like how one relates to a man or how one takes care of a man. They're like, like, you know, you're not a good feminist because you all, you talk all about how you're married and how you take care of a man yeah. and you don't need to take care of a man to be a whole and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, I get it. But you know, if you look at, you know, um, despite the fact, you know, patriarchy and male privilege is a thing you know it really is mm-hmm. you know, I can and it's problematic how- but like hold on real quick uh one part of a man's identity is actually taking care of women if a woman right. if a man does not take care of women properly he's less than a man so yes, shouldn't the, shouldn't the same also prove true to a woman if you don't know how to take care of a man or say take care of family shouldn't be considered less of a woman and I consider them less. I sure yeah, like and I do. think that like a lot of feminists are trying to fight against this versus and the woman, the woman, the womanist types, they're like, um, we need to be holistic. Yeah, like, yeah, I understand equal pay, I understand you know uh, equal opportunity, I understand respect the you know, respect and respectability, things like that. But you know, we do need men and shit. And, and I look at it and stuff like that. And these black feminists or whatnot, they're like tons of them are uh gay. Not to subtract from the gay community because we bank heavily off of them, but especially with the Black Lives Matter folks and whatnot. But right. but when you use this, you, when you use homosexuality to replace men versus um, actually just loving, Me. you know, or, or whatever else, it, it's uh, it, it becomes problematic. You know, it's almost like, um, do you drink for for chill for chill mode, or you have an alcohol problem? You know, are you replacing something else that you need to have in your life? You're trying to fill this empty hole in your heart. You know, if you do that, you're going to be an alcoholic. So it's like that. You know, there's things you have, you have moderation for the right reasons versus the wrong reasons. And if you're trying to replace um, specific folks, it's for the wrong reasons. Because if a black man did this, which many black men do, um, they're wrong. You know, like, well, actually, 
I've never really met a black dude that's like really trying to replace women by, you know, uh, being gay and stuff. I haven't seen that. But, um, but yeah, though, it's, uh, the, the black feminist slash versus womanist thing. That's it's thing. pretty, it's, I'm still learning as, as it goes, as we speak on this yeah. issue here, I support all. And, um, I mostly stay out of black feminist way unless they wish to debate me on something like that. And, or they say something that is really stupid or something that supports white supremacy uh, or what can be used as white right. supremacist propaganda. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like, you know, black men, this black men, that black men, this black men, that, well, you know, but you never mentioned the- white people or, or men in general. Um, I'm going to have a problem with that because of you, if you're explicit language of black men, you are painting a picture that, we all suck and white people are listening and they take your stuff and they buttress your stuff and they they, they they take your stuff as gold like hey this is from the black people's mouth the black women say that black men are are this and that so mm-hmm. I, I i didn't make it up this is what black women are saying you know so when you engage in um things that can be used as propaganda for white supremacy well they're going to use that regardless that. they're going to say that regardless but saying a feminist is someone who hates men is the same as saying that a gay man is a sissy and talks mm-hmm. like this and acts like this and does this. It's one of those stereotypes that just doesn't, don't believe the hype. Right. Period. Yeah. Like feminism, when it comes down to it, is just basically saying wanting a, a woman or females to have the same, you know, Standards. They have the same standards politically. They have the same rights. Social politically, yeah. Politically, yeah, yeah. And, and, economic, and, and economically people, as well. Right. Yeah. It's like the, there's the feminazis. It's like what I said. There's the feminazis here, and then there's the not the all doormat here. Are fem- yeah, women all. that think they're here just specifically for men. Right. And then there's the women here that think they're specifically just to destroy the men. And there's that whole left and right wing thing and a lot of people they don't know their opposing views they don't know they're supposed to meet themselves in the middle yeah it's one thing about that, balance one thing I, I saw a while back ago was on someone else's uh, wall was a bunch of uh, it was a bunch of women they were talking about um, rape experience which is something that that um, is very sobering most women it's, yeah because many many though many of those who've suffered such they cannot and they won't speak on this openly so uh, you have these folks that are really exposing their their hearts and their minds and their spirits on this subject, and um, you know there's a lot of like you know you can I guess you can call it man hate, but I think it's justified and it's honestly not the point of what's going on. So yeah, um, he has a couple of uh, man hate, a little bit of man hate going on, very much justified. And then you have this one woman who's like you know I, she's like. I forgave the guy who raped me, and then, um, and then all these other women—they're all black, by the way—they attacked the fuck out of. They they converged and all attacked this woman, and it's like I was horrified because first and foremost, I'm I'm listening to women explain that they were raped, something that is not going to really happen. I mean, doesn't I'm too? Yeah, it doesn't happen to men that much, so. Women very, forgive for our own sake. Yeah, not yeah, but sake. yeah, but but it is, it's, it's two shits about us. It, it's like so whenever we go out of our way to actually forgive, and then other women just start beating us emotionally for it, it's very damaging. We already have that damage as far yeah. as having to relive that shit in our head over and over again. 
and then having the balls to just let it go give let go give god whatever the case whatever your situation is then you have women who are also rape victims who don't understand the shit that you're going through but they do and then it's yeah. a double slap to the face because I they're was, like well was, fuck you i was horrified because all i saw was a bunch of folks attacking a rape victim you know, it was like like she's not saying and this is explicitly what took place she was not saying hey all y'all need to forgive who raped you what? she just said I forgive. I've done in my life with my situation at hand she did not she did not tell like hey y'all y'all motherfuckers need to forgive these these raping ass assholes she didn't say that she just said you know you know blah 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 and largely uh, eventually I, I have forgiven this guy blah blah this is my experience he, they attacked her viciously. They took that and, as an indictment and, of them and their stories and, and how they were feeling. And again, that's that that's that false dichotomy. It's either, you know, you're you're over here and you're hating them with us, or you're over there and you're you're their personal doormat. The like, it's like what about that like, middle? Y'all y'all are y'all are still rape victims still. She's still I mean what you doing like sometimes stuff like that is a coping Everybody coping mechanism their own way yeah sometimes it's like it's a coping mechanism you know like she's coping still like yeah she just did something different she's not telling you you know and it's like well i'm mansplaining you know what i'm saying it's like yeah. everything i say is mansplaining you know uh, it's holy shit i'm nothing i can do and the dude who's like a male feminist who i don't trust because uh, he never says anything that they disagree with, he just let it all happen, let it all fly on his damn wall. Like, you know, like me as the male, I'm trying to defend a rape victim. Him, he just let them all because you know uh, it's more important to not inter- not not say anything or never say anything that'll make black women mad versus actually protect a rape victim being attacked. I don't know. You can't He's really black, when it comes to rape victims, though. That's true. I mean, it wasn't like because there's one that's really angry, and there's one that's trying to forgive just to forget, and there's there's different views. Just like poor people in poverty, there's those that buy Jordans, there's those that buy Kmart, there's those that don't buy shit and they save their money and they go to school and do. There's different ways of dealing with other stuff, and people need to understand that because I've yeah. actually had to put right. with my own sexual assault issue. I've had to watch my own child go to kindergarten with that person's child also. And I had to go to school every day and look and just ignore and pretend he wasn't there just to see that because we all, and I'm like the strongest of strongest people compared to what a lot of people think. But whenever it comes to that assault and that abuse and stuff like that, I had to actually go there and pretend that motherfucker I didn't know. Mm. So it it's very difficult. It's very different. It everything. It's <laughs> there's so many different views. There's so many actions. There's so many reactions. There's so many inaction. There's it's all just based on perception and reality. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we most certainly trailed off topic. But um, with that being said, I'll say that it's about that time. So. Um, and concern concerning uh, being professional while black, um, Tara, you have any last things to say? Um, I guess my final thought would just I would just basically tell people don't 
give a damn. I mean, at the end of the day, no matter how, you know, like the heights that you reach or how far you reach or, you know, all the, all the effort that you're putting into it, you're still you at the end of the day, you still have your skin and that's not going anywhere. So, you know, a little self-preservation, a little self-care goes a long way. Um, lowers the, you know, depression, lowers the blood pressure, will make you feel a, a hell of a lot better about yourself once you realize this is the situation, this is what it's going to be. I can't change them. I shouldn't change myself. I'm going to exist. I'm going to get this money and that's going to be it. Um, I wish I could tell everybody the same thing. I wish I could share my experiences, you know, with the world and just let them know that they don't, you know, you, you don't have to, you don't have to go cooning for them and, you know, become their doormat because at the end of the day, it will not make any difference. Okay. Um, Ray, Rachel Rivera, you have any last things to add? Uh, basically the same. Um, the reality of the situation is regardless of guilt, innocence, whatever, you're always going to be guilty until proven innocent. And after you're proven innocent, you're still most likely to be guilty. And it is best to just, like she said, do what you do and just not put too much thought into other people because they're going to put more thought into you only whenever you fuck up. They're never going to put a lot of thought into you when you're doing good. So at least consider the fact that it's it's unbalanced, uneven. So just do what you do to prove them wrong. Yeah. Um, me, uh, the soul brother number one of a kind, I'll say that if I was to make a cross or the other lady that this took that this happened with, or any other black person that suffered the same fate, which is thousands, if not millions. I don't know what I would do if I was a doctor and someone prevented me from being a doctor while someone needed a doctor. I don't know what I would do. I'm a very passionate guy, so if, uh, if you see how passionate I am in regards to uh, fighting racism and sexism, you know, um, imagine if I was a medic, a, med a medical personnel, medical personnel. If I was a doctor or a surgeon and somebody prevented me from, from saving someone's life, I would lose my shit. I would, I would lose my shit. Like damn, I, I I would literally take. Um, I don't like using the word literally like that. I would figuratively take a dump in a in a, in a toilet, and then literally lose my then. Where did I just took this dump? Because I just lost my shit. I would lose my shit if um, somebody were to doubt my capabilities. Matter of fact, I lose my shit when someone doubt my capabilities as is. I'm more like. Dude, do you know who the fuck you're fu Do you know who you're fucking with? You know who the fuck I am? You know, uh, I already do that as is, so. Lost mm -hmm. to cross, I'll say, I have to say, tip of the hat, ma'am. Tip of the hat, doctor, because you're most certainly a better person than me. And I hope, I hope God speeds for you that whatever trials or uh, whatever you're, you're putting, uh, you seek to put Delta Airlines through, I hope all that succeeds in your favor. All right. So right, they want to give her yeah. sky miles. Yeah, we're yeah. You said they, denied. Yeah, so uh right. we're looking for your darling and all those all those who follow. So You know the um, thing is though, if you actually know CPR and you don't 
do CPR on somebody who needs it and they die or something happens, then you go to jail. Yep. So I can yes. only imagine if they would have blocked her from doing something, what would have happened? Yeah, one she of them would have go. Yeah, one of them would go to jail because they prevented. It's like no, you get away. Not too sure. If you are CPR. If you have, if you know CPR, if you know this, if you know that, the law is set up against you. If you don't actually do those things to those people, then you're the one that goes to jail. Yeah. All right. That might be a localized law because I think that if uh, if you prevent something, someone from doing such, you can go to jail. Which is I learned um, in Arizona. At least where I'm at in Arizona, if you block the door of someone trying to leave during a domestic dispute, you can be uh, thrown in jail for domestic violence. Like the person is trying to cool off and leave, you prevented them from leaving. So you preventing someone from doing the right thing, you are held accountable because now you, you're, you're the person. They, who, though. Mm. they are too. That's the double whammy. You can block them, but if I know CPR and I don't actually do CPR on this person who's choking and they die, I go to jail. If you stop me from doing that, you go to jail. We're both in jail. Probably. Hmm. Texas law is crazy as <laughs> shit. It's Texas is almost Texas. like Florida. I've, well, it's all Southern from where I've been. North Carolina, South Carolina, Tech. A lot of places I've been, it's the same law. How's that Bible been Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, to say that it's about that time. Thanks for joining us. Before you leave, if you like what you heard, click like and subscribe to us on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever you go for your podcast. Do not let this be the last time here. We hear from you or you hear from us. Follow us on Facebook, Afro Sapio File. And if you want to be heard, you can always leave a voice message at 202-854-1996. That is 202-854-1996. Last but not least, be sure to check us out on AfroSipioFile.com for everything that is awesome, everything that is vicious abolitionist, everything that's cinnamon sophisticated, everything that is savage socialite. So this is uh, Johnny Silvercloud, Ray Rivera, and Sierra signing out. Peace.